0: One of my favorite of all the stories is the story of the Lincoln Pew. I think someone's sitting in the Lincoln Pew right now, which is great. That's where Lincoln would come in the evenings. He would get away from the craziness at the White House and walk alone across Lafayette Square. And he would sit in that pew and listen to the evening service, and then he would leave before it was over so nobody would see him. So he could quietly slip away. Think about that next time you see a motorcade in full. Going down. So I heard this wonderful story about Lincoln from one of our parishioners a few nights ago, and he said that Lincoln loved to walk around and to explore the community, to talk to the people that he met, and right here in this neighborhood, he would walk around. And one day he was walking through the park, and he met a man who was a former slave who had only one leg. And Lincoln decided that he wanted to give him. $5, which then was a lot of money, of course, and Lincoln would never give out cash, but he would write a check to people. And so he wrote the check to the man, but there was a challenge in this case because the man wasn't able to be certain what his legal name was. And so Abraham Lincoln, being a clever president, had the good idea to write onto the check, $5 payable to a colored man with one leg. And we know that the check was actually brought to Riggs Bank, which is where Lincoln kept his personal checking account, uh, because the person actually cashed the check, gave the man the $5, and the check was saved as a souvenir. And for many, many years, it was hanging framed on a wall in one of the banks nearby here when Riggs Bank was still in business. And so it's a story about currency. And isn't it interesting that a piece of paper One minute may be really worth nothing, and then when an amount is written into the line and a name is put on there, or even a description of a person in this case, suddenly it has a value and in that case it was worth exactly $5 in 1863 currency. And then with all that happened since and who Lincoln was and what we all know, that same piece of paper is worth who knows what now. So value and currency, these things don't always stay so steady. They can move around. Sometimes they can even grow and multiply. And the story that we just heard today from the gospel, it's a story about not just value, but what we do with the value that is entrusted into our care. When we are blessed, do we use our blessings to bless others? Do we pass along what good fortune we have received. In other words, are we generous? So what happens, of course, is a man comes up to Jesus out of the crowd, and he says to Jesus that he wants him to tell his brother how to divide the inheritance. And it sounds a little funny at first that some stranger would ask Jesus to get involved with family business. But apparently this was not that uncommon for rabbis to be asked to tell people how to handle their money affairs. And But Jesus isn't interested in that at all because he, in his way, has his x-ray vision and he knows what's really going on. The man who is talking to him isn't so much concerned about fairness with the money, with the inheritance. The man is actually acting because of greed and Jesus calls him out and he tells him this parable. The parable of the rich man who suddenly has the problem that His fields have yielded such gain that he has too much. He can't store it all in his barns. And that, I would say, is a problem that isn't a problem. This is the kind of problem that we would all love to have. And this man, he's very clever and he says, well, I've got a solution to my problem. I'll tear down the barns and build bigger ones. Problem will be solved and I will be able to relax and be easy and eat, drink, and be merry. And then an unusual thing actually happens where God speaks. In Jesus' parables, it's very rare that God shows up and actually speaks words, but Jesus here quotes what God would say to the man, and it isn't good. He says to him, You fool. Possibly pointing to the first verse of Psalm 14, which says, The fool cuts God out of the equation. And God points out to the man that he has missed his chance because today, this very day, his life will be demanded of him. And all that he has had in his possession, what he could have used to share and make the world a better world, it's too late for him because he will be gone and all that he had will go to somebody else. Clearly, this is a warning against greed. But I want to take it a little bit deeper than that, thinking about Lincoln in fact. It's one thing to say not to be greedy but it's another thing to say how do we shift our way and I believe the way that we shift is by being connected. Thinking of Lincoln as he walked around and he talked to strangers, that is for us to do too. We're meant to connect and to learn about the lives of others and and to encounter them, and to have compassion in our hearts, and to be changed. And if you can do that, if you can open yourself and have the vulnerability to become connected, there's no way that you can store up treasures only for yourself. You'll have no choice but to live with generosity, living in the way that Jesus showed, the way that he calls us to be in his likeness connected is what we are here to do and to be in our lives and we'll get to affirm that in a few moments when we have our baptisms coming up when we say the baptismal covenant all together where we will talk about seeking Christ in all persons and respecting the dignity of every human being and now up to this point is the sermon that I had prepared to preach But last night we had a potluck where we met people. My wife Sarah and daughter Zoe and I were out at a person's home. This is the third one of these and there are more to come. It's great. It's a chance for us to get connected as a church and for me and my family to get to be connected more with many of you. And it just so happened we had a lot of choir members and there was a lot of singing and we got home feeling wonderful and it was 10 o'clock at night. And I was just gonna look at what I had written for today before going to bed, but I opened up the computer and saw the news, and I learned about El Paso. And this morning, I learned about what happened in Dayton, Ohio, and if you haven't heard the news, there is another mass shooting that happened. At least nine people have been killed there. Last Sunday, in Gilroy, California, which is very close to where my family and I were living right up until just a number of weeks ago. One of the mass shootings occurred there. And three people were killed, 12 were injured. And it hits close to home for us. My wife actually knows a husband and wife who were two of the victims who were shot, not killed. They are in stable condition in the hospital, but they were parents, and they had a three-year-old, three-year-old daughter. After they were shot, the gunman went to them, and they pretended that they were dead so that he would leave them alone. And their three-year-old wanted to run to be with, with his parents. And there was a 10-year-old girl nearby who grabbed the three-year-old instinctively and brought them both under a table this 10-year-old girl saved the life of this child and probably saved the life of this child's parents. And all of us who have been reading about this and we're seeing these kinds of tragedies occurring more and more frequently and it hurts our hearts, I want to lift up that 10-year-old girl. I want to lift up the way that she knew to live generously. And she just knew it. That example that she said that I hope will be an example for each one of us to live with courage and gener- generosity as well. And wouldn't it be wonderful if that example were to trickle up and up and up, all the way up? Because those who have been given power, political capital, influence, Those things are not meant to be stored up in storehouses. Those things are meant to be used for good, spent, shared. Political capital is not for the sake of storing political capital. It is for the sake of doing good. And I pray for our country that we will learn a new way to be connected again and to have the courage to be vulnerable, to talk to each other in better ways than we have been and hopefully to find some common sense, actual practices that will make us all much safer as a country. There are so many currencies in the world, and some of the currencies that exist are holy currencies. The currency of kindness, the currency of civility, the currency of respect. And of course, the currency that is above all others, which is a currency that multiplies when it is spent, the currency of love. Amen.